Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Landlord Tenant Podmask. You know, Mike, before we started recording, I said to you, maybe I should just try to do something different off the top. And you were like, yeah, go for it. And uh, then the time arose, and we pressed the record button, and I absolutely blanked. I basically was impotent for a moment. Yeah. I had a really fun opportunity to do something crazy off the top instead of the usual thing I say, yeah. and I blew it. Yes, you really made a big deal, and you're like, ah, I'm sick of doing the usual intro. Uh, I'm going to try something different, and I was nothing but encouraging. And then mm-hmm. in the first take, here's what you did. You went, uh, mm-hmm. welcome to the show, everybody. And then you you backed out of it, and you were like, ah, it doesn't work. You can leave that in if you want, because I do feel like uh, it's, you know. It wasn't very imaginative. Yeah. yeah. This is basically like I... Got the you know I got a date with the with the lady of my dreams oh. and it's going amazing yeah and uh, she says oh when I come back to my place and I go yeah and then we go and then um, gets all hot and heavy and then nothing happens downstairs that's how it felt yeah and I, I guess in this extended metaphor I would be the woman of your dreams no I'm Mike just to make the sense podcast of- would be oh okay. You would not be, give me, like, the podcast in general was a sexy woman, and I'm the guy. You know what would be funny in a Viagra (sighs) commercial? If a guy, and maybe they've done this, because I, they've made so many of those, and they're very well done, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. uh, they they very well could have done this idea. But a commercial where a guy is unable to perform, right? So you, there's a, the commercial begins with a close-up. Of a flaccid penis, yeah. uh, and it's nighttime, right? And it begins with a close up, and it holds there for like three minutes. Sorry, three seconds. Yeah, no, three minutes maybe. <laughs> it's very experimental. Three minute close up on a flaccid penis. <laughs> then it pans slowly up to the man's face, and he's he looks mortified. And uh-huh. it cuts to the woman, and she's like, "Oh God!" And then, um, you know how you rev or how you like pull the starting cord for a, a lawnmower? Yeah, yeah. Um, it'd be funny if he has a little string attached to his crotch and he pulls it and it just goes like, <laughs> and he's like, Oh God. And then the next day at work, we see him sitting there doing his work for a few minutes. And then a friend comes by and goes like, you got to try this pill. And then he takes it. And then they show him in bed with the woman again the next day. And then he goes to pull the string and it goes, <laughs> And then it's it's like starting a lawnmower, and this time it works. That's a great. I love. That's a great conceptual <laughs> commercial. You know, it could be fun though, if um if like he can't pull the cord himself. So like it's yeah. quite a long cord. So he's in bed and he has to call his neighbor. Like, hey, Doug, come in here. And the guy comes in and he's like pulling the cord from his oh, crotch. And right. then he goes, "Sorry, not working." And he goes, "Damn it." So it's three people then who are like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah. This guy can't, you know, can't quite get it up, you know? You you could write commercials. I could, but I choose not to because I I don't have any respect for advertising and marketing. There, I said oh, it. Oh, here we go. Give yeah. me a break. Yeah. 
Oh boy. Um, oh my god. It's a beautiful winter's day here in Toronto. And, well, uh, we're getting late winter, almost spring. Almost spring. And it's almost St. Patrick's Day, too. Mm. It's going to be our the second St. Patrick's Irish. Day in lockdown. Yes, the luck of the Irish. Hey, if this is Irish luck, uh, no thank you, because we've had two of these darn things in lockdown. Well, that's a great point. And, uh, you know, maybe the Irish, maybe the luck of the Irish is actually BS because they've had a lot of bad luck. What with the yes. famine and, uh, you know, lots of bad things happening in that country over the years, Being right? brutalized so, by the British crown. Yes. yes. Shame on you guys. You know, it'd be fun um, if on St. Paddy's Day, uh, you go to these, you know, these vaccination centers and the, the nurses or whoever administer it, they're wearing those uh, plastic green hats and they have like mm-hmm. shamrock uh, earrings and necklaces and stuff. Aww. And the vaccine itself, green liquid. <laughs> that would be funny if, uh, you know, you, you realized you had COVID and you're like, oh, shit. And then you go to the emergency room on St. Patrick's Day and all the nurses <laughs> are wearing St. Patrick's Day hats. Yeah. And you're like, you know... In distress, and the nurses are very concerned, and uh, they're wearing yeah. a big green hat. Big and green top hat. Big green top hat, and they keep uh, disappearing every few minutes, and uh, <laughs> coming back, and you can smell Guinness on their breath, and yeah, you know? Um, yeah. Well, my advice, if you if you got to go to the hospital, go the day before St. Patrick's Day, go yeah. the day after St. Patrick's Day, maybe don't go on St. Patrick's Day. Because yeah. doctors and nurses are people too, and they deserve to have a bit of Irish fun. Yes, absolutely. What uh, do you have any St. Patrick's Day plans this year? Um, I'm probably just gonna, you know, veg out on the couch, watch mm. Waking Ned Divine again, uh, <laughs> eat some. Uh, I've imported some Tato, um, potato oh, the, chips. The, the potato chips. Yeah, Crisps. Tato. It's a brand from Ireland. Yes, they're crisps, mm-hmm. and uh, I always, I always keep a few packets of Tato around. I watch Waking the Divine, and you know I sing my songs, and yeah, I sort of go to bed early. So on St. Patrick's Day, you sing songs. Well, yeah, the classic Irish songs. You know, what do you mean? So you're just like, well, uh, d- do you d- go to a meetup or something, or is this at no, home? Or no, I just sit on the couch in the sort of and by the light of the TV. I sort of just quietly sing you know danny boy or like the rocky road to dublin or um cockles and muscles all, all the classic irish songs the listeners know what i'm talking about right absolutely yeah i know cockles and muscles should we cockles do sp- and muscles alive alive oh. <laughs> right it's the best it's the fucking best kick-ass saint patrick's day song at all cockles and muscles if you're a dj you know back in the before times on a St. Yeah. Patrick's Day night, and you're DJing, and you got a sweaty, packed dance floor, when you drop the needle on cockles and muscles, the place goes bananas. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's hard to say what makes a dance floor pump harder. <laughs> cockles and muscles or, uh, or Danny Boy. People start... Actually, I was once at a uh, bar when, where the DJ dropped cockles and muscles, People started having sex on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's actually a bootleg version of a Rob Zombie concert um, from like 2001. So like really in his prime. 
and he um he plays Dracula. Oh yeah, and everyone's going nuts. And then he he actually goes from Dracula directly into uh, his rendition <laughs> of Cockles and Muscles, oh, and the man. zombie heads are going crazy. Um, I would love to see like, that. It was like combining heavy metal with rave culture yeah. with Ireland and spooky stuff. Hey, is zombie Rob zombie is Irish? I was about is zombie an Irish surname? It has a bit of a <laughs> lilt to it. My name's Robert Zombie. You know. <laughs> Yeah, Robert. Well, Robert could be Irish. The zombie. What's her name? Robert Zombie. What's her name, lad? What's her name, Zombie? Robert Zombie. Yeah, yeah. Rob Zombie. Hmm. Maybe we should reach out to him, and it'd be amazing for our same pa- and it'd be thematically, uh, you know, perfect if we got Rob Zombie as a guest for our St. Patrick's Day episode. That's a great idea. We should look into that. Yeah. You know what would be fun? If, um, you know, Rob Zombie, prior to, to releasing solo uh, songs, yeah. you know, his band was called White Zombie. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. I'm thinking every, they've got to reunite <laughs> and go with the name Green Zombie. And they're going to do it this fa- this uh, St. Patrick's Day. Green Zombie. Uh, James, and instead of instead of that, it could be like, um, oh fuck, uh, <laughs> what's an Irish song? It could be more like with fiddles. That's perfect, James. You just hit not only a home run; you hit a, a damn grand slam. Oh boy, we're having some fun uh, talking about Ireland, talking about culture. Did you know the Dropkick Murphys are doing a live St. Patrick's Day webcast of their annual St. Patrick's Day show? Are you going to tune in? I'm going to tune in, and if uh, and that's only if I can't be there in person, because I do not miss an opportunity to see the Dropkick Murphys playing live in Boston Oh, um, when, I, when they play, usually. Yeah, I actually have season tickets. Season tickets for the, are you personal friends with with the drops? Um, I've partied with them. Okay. Um, you know we all sort of do Adderall and rock out, but uh, oh, they're they're an Adderall type of band. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Makes they actually sense. sell like you know how sports teams will sell season tickets. You see every Blue Jays game or whatever. Of course, the Dropkick yeah. Murphys do that, so you can buy season tickets to all their Boston shows and. Um, those guys are Boston to the core, let me tell you. Well, it looks like I'm just, I'm Google, I'm looking through uh, Dropkick Murphy's Google search. Looks like Dropkick Murphy's and Rancid canceled a co-headline tour. <laughs> oh, God. Because of COVID. Man, Fuck. That's sad news for both Irish music fans and fans of, you know, uh, p- poppy punk with a, a guy singing who sounds like he's got like uh, a couple of sandwiches, you know, lodged in his mouth. He he doesn't really enunciate the singer from. Rancid. Can I just I'm, can I just say I'm really surprised. I'm looking up a picture of the band Rancid, and yeah. one of the guys in the band has a shaved head with a spiderweb tattoo on his bald head. Yes, I wouldn't. I thought they I thought they sang songs like Green Day. Um. They're a bit rougher around the edges than Green Day. <laughs> yeah, evidently this guy has a yeah. big beard and a spiderweb tattoo on his bald head. Yeah, let's just say if you run into a guy with a damn spiderweb on his head, um, he's not going to have a song playing at the end of Seinfeld. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> what kind of songs? What song? What were rancid songs? Ruby Tuesday or something? Or <laughs> no, Ruby Solo? No, not the Rolling that was the Stones Rolling Stones. Group. You have the they're similar. Mick Jagger also has a spider's web tattoo on his darn head. <laughs> But uh, uh, Ruby Soho, Time Bomb oh, yeah. was another oh, one. Oh, yeah. Time Bomb. The girls of Time Bomb. Yeah. And uh, so here's the thing. Uh, you know how, um, what's the song? Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, the Green Day song, played at the end of the final Seinfeld episode. Do I now, ever? I watched it live. Apparently there was an argument because uh, Larry David is a huge Rancid fan and he really? wanted Ruby Soho to play at the end of the last Seinfeld. <laughs> and Jerry just blew a gasket and he threatened to walk off the set. And like he was like, I'm not going to shoot the final scene in that famous voice of his um, unless we use Green Day. And they had a f- they had a fight like things got physical. I think I remember this because Larry was a fan of sort of, um, you know, rancid and yeah. like uh, no, no effects, effects yeah. and like. Lagwagon, bad um, religion, bad religion, sort of the edgier pop punk of the yeah. 90s. Whereas Jerry was more into Green Day, Weezer, Some Fallout Boy when they got big. Yeah. So that I could see that being a huge like I, I actually think that might have been why Larry left the show. Yeah, he left the show just before the end of the of the uh, final episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got in a big fight. <laughs> I mean, that was wild. When Jerry left the yeah. show, that was crazy. It was right after the last episode. Um, I meant Larry. Hey, um, I just wanted to mention, uh, Mike, you remember um, on our Christmas live stream, um, we featured um, a man who was in the army in Eastern Europe, and I hired him as a Santa for my Santa village oh, uh, yes. named Gojko. Anyway, oh. he's yeah, he's on uh, Twitter at the real Gojko, and um, you know I've been following what he's up to. So good follow if you're if you're looking for people to follow on Twitter at the real Gojko. Of course, there's also you and me, Mike. Yes, at, at James Hartnett, and I'm at M Balazzo. I'll put I'll put the link to our Twitters and to Gojko's Twitter in the show notes. And listeners, mm. do yourselves a favor, follow Gojko. He tweets. Um, exactly the way you think he would. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. He's a little out there. He's a little weird. He's crude. He is crude. I think. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he's a bit horny. He's horny. He doesn't, he tweets sort of in broken English and yes, he does. At first it's a little like uh disorienting, but once you sort of acclimatize yourself to, to his rhythms, it's nice. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like jet lag. You kind of get used to it, and then you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I like this time zone. Yeah. <clears throat> Before we uh, take a break and bring on our guest, I would like to remind everybody to go to patreon.com slash landlordtenant, and if you feel like it, if you poke around the site and you like what you see, feel free to support us financially and help us keep the show going, and we'd really appreciate that. You also get a bonus episode every month. That's right. We just released a bonus episode. Um where we tweeted out you and I arguing about movies. Yes. And um, yeah, thank you so much uh, for uh, everyone who has uh, donated to the Patreon. And if you can't, please don't worry. But you could rate and review us. And subscribe. Because I guess sometimes you just pick an episode here and there. You know what? You could just subscribe, too. And uh, we're super grateful. Thank you, everybody. Subscribe and never miss a single word that we say. 
Well, um, why don't we take a break? We've got a great interview. Yeah. Coming up with a person from L.A. Uh, so let's get to it. What's the deal with airplane peanuts? And welcome back to the show, everybody. It's so nice to be gathered here with you once more. Our guest this week is an actor, comedian, writer, and as of last night, a Golden Globe winner. It's look, everybody. It's Alana Johnston. Hi, hey guys. It's crazy. I even have time to do this amidst all my press junkets, but I'm mm. happy to be here. Congrats on winning a Golden Globe last night. That's freaking crazy. I mean, how do you feel? I feel really great. Um, it is kind of messed up to win least attendance, but I'll tell you what, it's a crazy, <laughs> they opened up the category for this year due to the pandemic and uh, I won. I A lot of people are saying I wasn't there at all, uh, so I won. Clean sweep. Congratulations. Wow. This is a big coup for us. It's nice for us to get like a big... A big Hollywood, you know, uh, wheeler and dealer. Would you? I, you can say no if it's, if it's weird, but would you mind holding up the award f- for the the camera? I know our listeners won't be able to see it, but I want to see it unless they're looking in our windows. Oh, here you go. Here oh, you go. That's beautiful. I yep. love it. Yep. It's not bad, wow, right? It's way bigger than I thought. It's like it's uh, heavy. Yeah. yeah, nobody huh. tells you how heavy it is. You know that it must be that a lot of Hollywood stars are much bigger than we think. Like maybe seven, seven and a half feet tall, because the Golden Globe mm-hmm. statue looks pretty small when they hold it. But when you hold it, I mean, that thing is like the size of a I don't know a dirt bike. Well, I can tell you, living in LA, it's one of the bulkier upper body cities I've been in. And uh, boy, did I visually lose 10 pounds when I got here by association. (laughs) Um, So James just mentioned that the Golden Globe is the size of a dirt bike. And that was done on purpose. And uh, I don't know if you guys knew this, but the Oscar actually, which existed before the Golden Globe, they designed that to be the size of a regular child's bicycle. So there is like a sort of theme to, uh, to awards. Well, I think what happened, you know, the Oscars existed first when people were smaller. And then as yeah. the people got bigger and buffer, they had to make the award a bigger and buffer award. Yeah, people don't know this, but like people in the early 1900s were like four foot tall. You, you that was they yeah. were in the NBA in like 1905. The LeBron James of that time was like a four foot tall man. Um, yeah. to, called Chester. If you if going back today, if people like us wanted to to watch the first Oscars ceremony, we would need um, magnifying glasses, and we'd have to really look in there to see all the little actors and directors, uh, you know, crawling around like little bugs. Yeah, I guess the hardest part about the early Oscars is the movies were physically so tiny. Uh, it was hard to vote because, you know, you couldn't really get a grasp of the plot or the characters who was in it. Uh, yeah. Again, just so tiny, really hard to see. It's the classic, you know, yeah, seeing a bunch of ants running around and you don't know what drama they've got going on. You just see ants. And, 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 and family like. ants as well. Um, a lot of people had family in there. They didn't even know were in there. Because they can't see, you know, so it's tough. Oh, my God. Yeah, your own family. Now, wow. listen, question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so I know there's no Oscars up there and there's no Golden Globes. Um, so what would be the equivalent up there and what size is it? 
Mike, you want to handle this one? Well, we have the the um, <clears throat> we have an, a recent award that it's not uh, as specific as like the Golden Globes or the Oscars. It's an award for like anyone who does anything fun or nice in Canada, and it's called like the um, the hand uh, the Handy Award, like a handshake award, but they call okay. it the, the Handy. You want a golden handy, and uh, you get it if you. I don't know, do a good job at work and your boss nominates you or if your husband or wife uh, wants to sort of, you know, send you a shout out or something like that. Yeah. Or if you're in a TV show so you can get a Yeah, a- like, you know, Canada is like a socialist country, so we don't want to celebrate those who've like had a lot of success. So we try to have the award just be for everybody. You could right. be a guy sitting on the couch farting. You might win a handy yeah. or you could be one of our top scientists or actors and you might win a handy. So in terms of the award itself, are we talking an actual hand made of gold or are we talking about a physical person offering their hand? It's, um, it's a frozen like piece of chocolate with a maple glaze on it in the shape of a hand. So you get it and you can eat the darn thing. Oh, wow. Now that's thinking. Yeah. I once played a joke on my girlfriend where um, I went to a chocolatier and had them make a chocolate hand giving a middle finger. Okay. And I said, hey, honey, you want a handy? And she said, oh, wonderful. And I go, just kidding. And then it was a chocolate hand giving a middle finger. So she, yeah. you know. So what happened? Mad. A bit of a breakup after? We had a or? fight. We had a breakup. Yeah. yeah. Sucked. Um, yeah. An interesting yeah. thing. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry to hear that that happened, James. So it's always sad when any relationship comes to an end. But... um. I, I wanted to just point out a funny thing. Oh, really, thing. Mike? Even Hitler's relationship? Well, oh, not yeah. obviously not. You know, I wish that guy nothing but, uh, you know, bad luck on the dating scene. But what I wanted to point out was that the Handy is one of the only awards in the world that can melt if you leave it out in the sun for too long. Mm-hmm. You know? But is that not the same of a career? Well said. Oh, my God. That's yeah, true. There you go. Because the right? sun, the sun damages your skin, girl. Well, for example, if you're a teacher winning a handy award for, uh, you know, having duotangs and the supplies and what have you, and then you bring the award to school to show the children and, you know, you're not (coughs) teaching the kids, the award will melt because you've essentially stopped doing the job that earned you the award. And if kids are touching it, they're going to melt it on their grubby hands now, eating it, you know. (laughs) You know, speaking of people melting and the Nazis, remember at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark when that guy melted? Mm. Ew! Yeah, I recently watched that on TV. Uh, I have a television, oh. flat screen, uh, about, 55, Holy shit. Congrats. about 55 inches. I wish I'd got the 60, but uh, we did settle on the 55 out-of-box deal. It was about 450. I maybe got it about a year ago. Where'd Anyways, you buy it? Uh, Best Buy in America. Okay. So that's dot com if you want to see the deal online. Yes. Uh, anyways, so I'm watching it again on the television I had just described. And uh, we did get to the end part. And the part that got me was the ghouls. The. Oh, yeah. The, the like, I don't know if they were spirits. I don't know what was ha- the like wind yeah. that was like you know what I mean that part that I'm talking about. Or yeah, I, I do. Or, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, is Indiana Jones suggesting that ghosts are real? I guess. Yeah. 
Well, evil spirits? So. What I heard, because I, I always like to read about Hollywood and uh, classic movies, I heard that that wasn't like in the script, all the paranormal stuff, and it just <laughs> happened, and, and the director was like, keep rolling! And the director, of course, I, I believe was Steven Spielberg, uh, and he was like, don't stop! Keep rolling! And they caught it on film, all in one take, and then everyone was like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, wow. he's no, he's known for that though. You know, he's known to capture a real moment. Wow. You know, well, yeah, well par- you saw you saw Avatar. Doesn't get realer than you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He didn't direct that, but yeah. definitely agree. You he know, captured appa- it. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, E.T. was just supposed to be this movie about um, kind of a, 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 a fun kid, Drew Barrymore, and it was just going to yeah. be about her getting into trouble and pooping in her diaper or what have you. Then they found this goddamn alien and and Steven Spielberg, brilliant guy, credit to him, said, you know what? Let's maybe film this little green guy. Yeah, because like the crew was like, we got to stop shooting. And he was like, if anyone stops shooting, you're going to have to deal with me. And he held up a fist. Well, it's interesting because E.T. was actually originally about the bicycle. E.T. short for extra tires. And it was about a bike that had four tires, two side by side in the front and the back. And how revolutionary that was and the extra (laughs) speed that the kid was getting on the bike. And then, like you said, in comes the alien. He thought... Uh, well, Mike, I can't do the voice. I'm not an impressionist. I can't do the voice, obviously. But, you know, he thought maybe this is the movie I'm supposed to be making. It's a sign. And Signs yeah. is another movie he didn't direct. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great point. I know. I, I get so pissed off thinking about the bicycle industry and how they've held back four-wheeled bicycles, a lot like the car industry held back, you know, electric vehicles yeah. for years. And it, mm-hmm. it boils my blood. Um, would have loved to see the original extra tire with Drew yeah. Barrymore and uh, I think she was the main star. You know, um, not to not to keep going down this road, but I can't uh, I can't resist the movie Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally had nothing to do with the shark, you know, attacking people. Originally, uh, Steven Spielberg, who was the director of the movie, it was supposed to be just a fun, relaxing movie about a New York. You know, an ex-New York police officer going on vacation, hanging out at the beach, you know, sipping a few uh, margaritas with his wife. (laughs) (laughs) And then what do you think happened? A real shark attack happened. And of course, the crew immediately, they were like, well, we got to stop shooting. But once again, Steven Spielberg was like, don't stop shooting. Hey, there's that voice. Just nails it. (laughs) Just nails it. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a shame that that, uh, you know, they moved fast, though. They get and it's weird. He set out to make the movie of essentially a man relaxing with his wife, which is yeah. nice. That's a nice movie. And then uh, something else came out. Well, it was such a hit. Look, yeah. they made more. What did they get up to seven? How many? Yeah. And, you, and, you know, yeah. arguably the movie they ended up with is probably a better movie than the one he wanted to make. So arguably, you know, yeah. arguably. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Steven Spielberg directed that movie Bridge of Spies. Oh yes, yeah, well, I, b- I hadn't heard, but yeah. Believe it or not, originally I've read this on IMDb. Originally, it was just going to be called Spies, and okay. it was just a Is movie so? about some spies in oh. you know nondescript places. Anyway, <laughs> when they were filming, the guys ended up walking on this bridge, and he went, "Hold on, hold on, everybody, hold on, we're onto something here," and he totally changed the script. And he made it Bridge of Spies. 
Whereas mm-hmm. before it, it was just spies, or he was even talking about doing like Road of Spies or House of Spies or Car yeah. of Spies. And the bridge was a total accident. Well, the prop, yeah, the problem is, you know, like, for example, Bridgerton is yeah, directly, sexy. yeah, sexy, directly ripping off that movie in just a sexier way. And they didn't yeah. even use a bridge. You see, everyone yeah. inspires each other. So nice. It's just I, I, have when you, you seen? Start, go ahead, Michael. Please. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna. I was merely gonna say when you start learning the stories behind our favorite films and and TV shows, it's just astonishing to see how how much of a role chance plays in everything. You know. Yeah, I agree. So true. I know. Uh, being in Hollywood, I've been on a few sets that mm. uh, just went awry and. Uh, Change the entire show. I don't know if you guys know the show New Girl. Oh, I've heard of it. <laughs> okay, so what had happened was it was originally just called Girl. Okay, no. and I was on set as one of Weird. the neighbors, and it was just supposed to be about a girl. And then what had happened was a different girl who we didn't know, therefore a new girl, showed up on set. And then we thought, here's our show. Look at the reaction. How new she is. Look at this reaction we're getting. Wow. And, uh, you know, seven seasons later, yeah, let's just say she never became old news. Wow. wow. Zoe Deschanel could sell toilet paper to a person without a bum. She oh, is yeah. something else. Yeah. <laughs> she has charisma. Alana, wow, did you ever meet her? Because she's married to the Property Brothers. Did you ever meet uh, well, them? I had the my stint in real estate. And uh, interestingly enough, the Property Brothers uh, were actually my biggest competition. Are you freaking? Yes. I have two sisters. Neither neither one wanted to partake in the real estate business because I wanted to do a Property Sisters, which would have been fun. Get out. But because of, did sexism play a role in in this story or? My sisters are very sexist towards women. So (laughs) they didn't believe I could do it. They didn't want it. And they didn't believe they could do it. Right. Or that they should be allowed. Internalized. So yeah, Yeah. exactly. So they were out. So I'm on my own and I've got one or two suits. Anyways, I'm on my own needing more suits. And uh, I made these two brothers and I thought to myself, you know, what could those two possibly be talking about with their parents uh, other than real estate? And uh, I was right. You know, all they talk about is real estate. And I thought, I don't want to be consumed by this. So I left. Mm. It was the longest day of my life. Wow. Yeah. It's a great point though. Like, I mean, we've seen the Ghostbusters done with women. We're seeing, I don't know, all sorts of things done with women. Yeah. Isn't it time for a property sisters? Yeah, exactly. It's 2021 guys. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Hey, I was saying that to my sisters, you know, years ago, really I was, but, uh, no, I, I actually, I have some info about that because when when Steven Spielberg created the Property Brothers years ago, (laughs) uh, in in the contract that he signed, there was a clause that said, under no circumstances will anyone ever make a female version of this. And his, uh, his manager at the time said, Steven, are you, are you sure about this? And he said, listen to me, I am serious. And then that's, that's it. Can't be any... Wow. Um, it's like how James Bond has to be a British actor. 
Mm-hmm. Same thing. Yeah. And wouldn't you know it, it was that contract that actually was used as the pilot script for the show Claws. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because they had the claws in there and they thought, this is its own show. Yeah. Um, and that is almost exclusively female. So it's yeah. kind of interesting what happened there. <laughs> I heard that the W Network has a, an orphanage of, of boys and they're waiting for them to get a little older and then they're going to pick out the next two property brothers. When these two, I guess, I don't know. Well, yeah, when they turn, when they're old. According to Spielberg's initial uh, vision, when they turn 50, they have to die. And then they. It's like anoint- that movie uh, Midsummer. Yes. I don't know if you saw Midsummer, Atlanta, but in that small Swedish village, when you turn 72, you have to jump off a cliff and kill yourself. Yeah. Sucks for the property brothers, but they got a a similar deal. It's a little different because Steven Spielberg, he's allowed, he has to, he has to behead the property brothers. Then they anoint two new boys to be the the brothers. Yeah. Yeah. But that's how it kind of goes with brothers. You can't be the top brothers the entire time, like I believe the Cohen brothers are nearing the cliff. Um, yeah. You know, all kinds mm-hmm. of brothers are uh, the yeah. Baldwin brothers. I think yeah. two of them yeah. might already be gone. I don't know, but because um, it's kind of mm-hmm. hard to keep track. Yeah. So, yeah. Who, who was the actor in uh, Dazed and Confused? That's a brother. London, the London brothers. Jeremy, Jeremy London, and the other one, other London. Um, yeah. So the two of them haven't heard from them in a while. Interesting. No, and, and you know what's weird? I just watched Dazed and Confused two uh-huh. days ago, also uh-huh. not directed by Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yes, he famously refused to direct that movie. Refused, <laughs> refused to do it. Oh, the studio man. came to him and they said, Steven, we'll give you anything. We'll give you... They, I've heard numbers between like $100 million to $200 million that they offered him. And they said, we want your stamp on this story. And Stephen, he just looked at them in the eyes and he said, no, I won't do it. Yeah. And he does. He, he lashes out like that. That sounds about right. And he yeah. stomped around in that famous way he does when he's upset. Yeah. Stephen exactly. has a temper. Yeah. 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 And then he rode off on his gold dirt bike because that guy cleans up. He's a clean sweep, too. Yeah. He's, he's got to be rich. You know, wasn't there last night. Did you know that? Virtually wasn't there. Yeah, he Steven, refused. Yeah. He refused, he refused. to Kidding. attend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they wanted him just to, uh, you know, if he had to say hello and to see any uh, advice. Uh, and no, wouldn't do it. Wouldn't show. He's He's got a reputation wow. for being really hard to work with and uh, being, you know, just sort of like a volcano of fury, Steven Spielberg. But I have to ask you, Alana, yeah. if you had the chance to work with him to either to, you know, to direct him or to be directed by him, would you would you work with him? I think I'd direct him. Yeah. I think he could use a bit of guidance and it might be kind of, you know, he's always the one saying action. So we're on the set, he'll say action and I'll go, actually, I'll say action because maybe you need a moment of stillness. Yeah. You know, check in with yourself. You're so busy. Action, action, action. Well, what about relaxation? Yeah. Yes. Right. That's a great point. Do you think Spielberg, when he's uh, making love, he, if he is he so used to being a director that when he's about to make love, he says, action. Oh, sorry, honey. It's just a habit. Yeah. And I would imagine a lot of, can we take that from the top? A lot of line yeah. reads, um, a lot of hold for camera. Yeah. You know, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Probably takes a lot of time too. And when, after he finishes, you know, after Steven Spielberg uh, climaxes, he probably goes, okay, that's, that's, uh, let's take, uh, take an hour for lunch, everybody. That's a wrap. That's a wrap on my penis. Yeah. 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 I guarantee it. Yeah. You know, I've never met him, but, um, you know, if I do meet him, yeah, if I do meet him, it will be the first thing I ask. What role, I'm trying to think, if I could cast Steven Spielberg to, <laughs> to act in any role, um, I would love to see him in an action movie where he plays like a tough, uh, like a badass, like an NYPD detective. Or Blade. Blade. Yeah. Or a Marvel movie. Wouldn't that be fun if he had powers? Like everybody oh, has their powers and maybe like his powers is like, Oh, he can like read minds uh, when it, when people are thinking about the industry. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that could be useful. Imagine him as uh, in the Spider-Man suit. Yeah, <laughs> I think he. Well, here's the thing: it's built-in abs, right? So for him, it only yeah. benefits. But but you're forgetting that he's got a beautiful rock-hard body, and he's a fitness freak. He is a fitness freak. That I know. You know, between... And, and he's... Well, he's one of the Studio City gym rats. I was talking about when... Yeah. When you're talking about being buff and what have you. It's like, well, who do you think started it? Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I always... Mm, there's a lot of photos of him on that famous Venice Beach gym, pumping iron and yep. doing jumping yep. jacks. Yeah. He's good. Wow. Um... I just wanted to say that I've heard rumors, I don't know if they're true, but I've heard rumors that on a set of a film, between takes, like while they reset the lights and stuff, he can't just sit still. He has to do push-ups or he'll do like, I don't know, uh, crunches or he'll plank or he'll, he has like a bench press and he has to lift weight between uh, takes. Well, you know, he's actually one of the... Um, Front runners of parkour that made it popular because they no. would say, yeah. Stephen, we need we need you in Video Village. Okay, well, I can walk <laughs> there or I can burn a couple cows on the way. And uh, yeah, yeah. and he was maneuvering through cameras, lights, all this business. So it was actually him who really got it up and running. Yeah. He, well, that's, that's part of how Jurassic Park came to be because um, Michael Crichton approached Spielberg and said, I have this book. <laughs> uh, it's called Jurassic Park. And Spielberg goes, well, I'm not interested. What is this? Yeah. Uh, dinosaurs uh, in space? What? I don't have time yeah. for this. Crichton says, well, don't you already do parkour? And Spielberg went, oh, right. Parkour. Park. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Parkour. <laughs> and that's kind of how he got his mind around it. Next thing you know, one of the biggest films of all time. Yeah. Goldblum's, you know, making lines that are getting memed to the to, to hell. <laughs> Sam Neill, I mean, is a star. I mean, it's crazy. Well, come on. You think those dinosaurs were walking in a straight line? No, they're bopping here, here. They're all over. They're parkouring. There's a famous missing section of the movie. It's a 20-minute section that they cut out because the studio, of course, the bad guys, they made Steven Spielberg remove it. But it's a scene of him scaling the Empire State Building. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with the story of Jurassic Park, so you can understand why they Wait, took it out. But he's scaling it, jumping around, and he gets to the Spielberg. top. Spielberg. Yeah, it's Spielberg, Spielberg in the movie? Yeah. Are you kidding? He scaled like the Empire Alfred State Hitchcock. Building. And yeah. you know what's crazy? They had to rent that Empire State Building for the day. <laughs> 
the whole yeah. building. And that yes. was the majority of the budget. So you'll notice some of the dinosaurs move with the mechanic and what have you, which costs a lot of money. And some of them are made of clay. I don't know if yeah. you've ever yeah. noticed. Go back and watch. Yeah. Go back. Yeah. They ran out of money. And yeah, uh, the Triceratops is blatantly clay. It only has two tops. I don't know if you noticed. Where's the third <laughs> horn? It only has two. Do you guys know what Steven Spielberg did when he got to the top of the Empire State Building? I'll tell you if you don't know. I haven't heard. I don't. I don't. He danced around, and this is true. He danced around and said, look at me, everybody. Can you believe that? (laughs) That is one of the best Hollywood stories I've ever heard in my life. And and I usually hear insider stuff, but this one's hitting me like a ton of bricks. And let's just say I'm about to build a house, you know? Oh, bricks, yeah. God. God. Now, I have a question for you guys. I have a question for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's my question. The difference of Canadian movies and American movies. Mm. You know, American movies uh, have more dinosaurs, more parks, more Empire State Buildings. Pirates. More pirate. So my question is, uh, with Canadian movies, what would you say are the top three staples I could find in a Canadian movie and possibly the store staples. Hmm. Um, I guess you, uh, there's, we're forgetting the whole French Canadian film industry. And I, I feel like yeah. there are a lot of movies about, uh, unhappy, like middle-aged Frenchmen. Canada does that better than America. Okay. Yeah. I agree. You know, another thing Canadian movies have taken a, we've gone in this direction lately where, we just call them haircut movies up here. Okay. And basically you know what the that, movie is, you, know what that is, you see Atlanta? a person. Say again, Mike? I was asked, do you know what that, do you know what those movies are, Alana? No, I've had a haircut, but never filmed. Well, here in Canada, we don't have as the same tastes as Americans and we don't, we don't get a lot of the movies that they make down there, Spider-Man and all these movies. So we just call them haircut movies and it's basically someone films someone getting a fucking haircut. And at the end, you see the haircut. And we love them. That makes millions up here. Okay, now, are we just getting the haircut? Are we getting a post-cut sweep? Are we getting a wash? Or or is this a trilogy? Um, There's trilogies. There's four-parters. Usually, it's like everyone in Canada tends to get the same kind of haircut, which is basically just classic part, whether you're male or female. Well, because there's the law about it, so. Yeah. Oh, I don't know so. this law, actually. Oh, I guess you've been gone since I've they passed... I've been gone so long. I've been gone so long. They passed Bill uh, H-63, which means that all guys have to have the same haircut, and all gals also have to have the same haircut. Oh, and how... Yeah. And Wow, so is that like, are you getting ticketed? Is there jail time if we're not doing it? What's the deal? Oh, yeah, severe jail time, severe fines, severe and punishment. And is it the same if you just go to visit? No, tourists don't have to abide by the local customs. Oh, so that's a good way to tell when someone's yeah. from there and someone's not. This yeah. might be good for sales and customer service. And yeah. What yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like um, I went to a Catholic high school and, and everyone wore a uniform. And at first you're like, that sucks. And then eventually you're like, oh, whatever. And for Canadians, the hair, the, the national haircut is kind of the same sort of thing. Everyone has the same haircut. It helps. You don't have to worry yeah. about it. You don't have to think about it anymore. And we it saves you haircut. saves mm-hmm. you thousands of dollars a year by having the same haircut. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of my haircuts are a thousand and if I'm, I'm getting about two to three a year. So actually I would go right ahead and say thousands. Yeah. I, I do have to agree with that. The problem with why my hair is so expensive to cut is they cut per curl and it's 10 a curl. So you can imagine. And you've got, now our listeners can't see it, but you've got a head just crawling with curls everywhere. It's yeah. Seething <laughs> with curls, seeping curls, a lot of just, they're everywhere. And, uh, you know, hey, if I only had uh, the amount of dollar bills to match, come on. Looking at your hair, I'm going, am I in Canada's Wonderland looking at a roller coaster loop-de-loop? Oh, no, wait. I'm on I'm on Skype. I'm talking to Alana. Uh, you it's look curly. at my hair. Yeah. You look at my hair and you go, what is this, a new Steven Spielberg uh, extraterrestrial? You know? <laughs> oh, God. It's great to chat. Hey, Alana. So ev- the, all of the media is abuzz this morning, not only because of the Golden Globes. And once again, congratulations to you. What a what an achievement. But also, uh, Prince Harry and Princess Meghan, who was his wife, got interviewed by Oprah. Have you ever seen them around L.A.? Because they live in Los Angeles now. Do you ever see them when you're out on, you know, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard or yep. Venice Beach? I saw them once on, at Santa Monica Pier on a tandem bike that had a little carriage in the back that was pulling the crown jewels. Oh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> That's and adorable. It, it was sweet. They were enjoying themselves, but you know, they were being honest about who they are, which is why they had the jewels. Um, they weren't, you know, celebs with the hats and the glasses. No, no, yeah. they were upfront. They were upfront about it. Wow. I respect that because you know what? I'm over celebrities pretending they're not, wealthy and sort of a class above us and i respect harry and megan for for carrying their jewels around because it's like yeah be proud of what you are i agree do you think that harry will try and and i know that they're like producing some some shows for netflix do you think he's gonna try and like um get in front of the camera and maybe like be a host of like uh What's that SNL. show? SNL, SNL, uh, Saturday Night the, Live. The permanent host of SNL, and he'll commute yep. to New York from Venice Beach every week to host it. And uh, that might be that might be why he got the bike. Right. Oh shit. Could be, and that's nice that he's going to bring her to the show. Yeah, Megan. Has, I can't has, believe they lived in. Why did they live in Victoria for like two months? I mean, what you yeah. really? It was that different. You. What do you mean? I mean, stay there a year or two and then decide you don't want to go. Why'd you go in the uh, make, first place? You make a friend. Fools? Make make a friend, for God's sake. Make get, a goddamn friend. Talk to your local uh, barista, for God's sake. Get a name, you know? Well, I heard that they went to BC for a bit because Prince Harry, and I don't know if this is 100% true, it's a rumor I heard, I heard that Prince Harry is a huge fan of the uh, 2000s uh, BC pop punk band Gob. Remember Gob? And he was like, absolutely, I have I to live. Gob. He was like, I need to live where Gob came from. I don't know if that's true. Oh. That's what I heard. Sometimes, Mike, when I close my eyes, I think to myself, look at all the guests on this podcast because these impressions are just <laughs> dead on. I, I, I'm thinking to myself, wait a second, they got Steven on here? And then I open my eyes, I go, oh my God, and away nope. we go. You'd be great it's, in animation. It's me? You'd yeah. be great. Yes, yeah, I've been telling, you'd be great. Mike, my opinion, I've said this to Mike for a long time, this guy's the next Daryl Hammond. Get him in front of Lorne. This guy is impressionist. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. 
Well, thank you. I I would love if any if any producers are listening to this, I would love to play an animated version of Prince Harry. Uh, I'd love to play. What other voice did I do? Steven Spielberg, and uh, I can I can do both those. So if Steven anyone has a- and Steven Spielberg's manager, don't forget <laughs> manager. So if someone creates a show about those three characters, please hire me. You know. Yep. <clears throat> So, now, um, oh, please, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you I go insist. ahead. I absolutely <laughs> insist. Oh, okay. Um, so Mike and I were looking through your Twitter before you came on. Not stalkers. Nope. <laughs> um, we were looking through your Twitter and, um, I saw this tweet, uh, from a few months ago. MJH, Melissa Joan Hart. She unfollowed you? Yes. And, uh, you know, promote all the Lunchables you want, lady. You're dead to me. Because what had happened was Whoa. she had originally followed me and a lot of people were saying it was bots, uh, you know, that her account was following everybody. But that day I'd had a tweet that went viral about periods, about we're maybe up to 60 likes. And of course she follows me and I thought she saw the tweet. Here Would we you go. mind telling us the tweet about periods? Yep. Uh, <laughs> basically it went... Uh, my life is a pad and you're all a bunch of blood clots. And okay. <laughs> That's Melissa Joan Hart's bait. Off. That is bait for, for um, MJH. And, uh, you know, so she followed me. I thought, okay, fantastic, fantastic. Anyways, uh, you know, later cut to a, a couple of weeks ago, I see the post about Lunchables and I thought, God, she's so relatable. This is why I followed her in the first place. And then I thought, I'm going to go scope at her page, check out the profile picture. Anyways, I get there and I... Okay, uh, doesn't say follows you. And I thought, um, I've tweeted about periods numerous times since then to give you everything you've asked for, and yet the unfollow. So, um, Melissa, if you're listening to this, when you're listening to this, tweet at me at Alana underscore Johnston, hashtag here's why and here's how. I want to know why you unfollowed me and how you're going to rectify the situation. My God, wow. that's that's... I can't think of anything, you know, it's not, how low can you go, Melissa Joan Hart? And we're not talking in a fun party way of uh, limbo. Yes, no. not a limbo. This is totally different. I mean, it's like she's playing mind games with you. Yeah. Like, uh, hey, Earth to <clears throat> Melissa Joan Hart, you're not actually Sabrina a witch. You're, you're a human yeah. being and so is Alana. Maybe cool it. I'd like to look, get a good look inside Melissa Joan Hart's head and just find out what the fuck is going on in there. Well, you got to worry when someone goes from having bangs to growing them out. Well, what are you trying to hide behind all that yeah. hair? Yeah, like God. what's going on in your forehead that you don't want us to be aware of? And what does that have to do with this unfollow situation? Exactly. Well, and I mean, I'm, gl- I'm glad you guys brought it up. I've been looking for a platform to discuss this. Well, you you deserve better than that, and we're sorry that this this person I don't even want to say her name has has caused you so much pain. Now um, I have a, I have a question for you guys, if you don't mind. Oh, um, I know I didn't uh, ask permission, but here it comes. Uh, <laughs> you guys said you were going through my Twitter, not in a stalker way. No, but um, I do want to know: Do you have any uh, notes or feedback? <laughs> um, just about my whole. Twitter feed. Great, great question. Um, you know what I'd like to see more of? Um, I think you should do more tweets that are like 
saying kind of um of a pretty uh pretty agreed upon uh point that everyone pretty much agrees with and then put clap hands in between you know what i mean like stop uh, clap mm-hmm. hand emoji murdering clap hand emoji people clap hand emoji you know that kind of thing yeah i love that, that. can get more you a lot claps. of traction yep, yeah more applause i love that um, how about one of those, um, you know, how it started and uh, where mm. it is now ones? I don't know if I'm saying it properly, but you could put like um, how it started and it's like a little baby and then you say how it's going and it's like um, a tree on fire and there's like um, a screaming woman standing in front of it or maybe uh, a crying man. You know, that kind of joke. Do you know that joke? To, yeah, to imply the baby's dead. Oh, yes. I guess that's one way to interpret it. Yes. Well, if the people, if the adults are crying and there's a fire. Yeah. Yep. Where's mm. the baby? Nowhere to be found. Can you can you do that kind of tweet? <laughs> yeah. No, I could definitely work that in. It actually goes up pretty well with my brand. Um, I work uh, with a lot of um, missing children concepts. And uh, so that's good to see the baby. And now where's the baby? That's kind of actually like one of the bigger plot lines. I tend to weave into all the shows uh, <laughs> that I book. Um, what about thirst traps? Uh, well, I mean like me drinking a Gatorade or. Sure. Yeah. Anything like that. Yeah. I guess I could, I am thirsty, uh, you know, as the day continues and uh, I get dry here in LA. Uh, so I guess I could share that to let the people know in terms of moisture. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And is there, and is there anything else that, uh, am I not engaging with people online enough? You know, they say you have to engage with the celebs <clears throat> to respond and quote tweet, but I'm not really sure who to target. Any suggestions of uh, who to engage with? Hmm. Maybe you should reply to every share tweet and maybe um trying to think here. That's a lot of tweets, yeah, for the shares. For you should share reply tweet. to every share tweet and say I agree. You know who um, you could start having a fun relationship with on Twitter? What about that that guy from Law and Order SVU? He's pretty funny on there. The one who's I, back. The one who's back now for the um, special crimes. The oh, maybe. organized like crime a, unit. He's like a bald guy. He's kind of C- ripped. Yes, Christopher something. Yes. Okay, he's, he's on, on there. there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he's active. Yeah. What about if you tweeted more? More about the Beatles. Actually, you're right. It's a subject I haven't broached. It's a bit touchy for some. <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, you can imagine why I don't. You know, I'm not somebody that stirs up a lot of controversy, but at the same time, I'm not somebody followed by Melissa Joan Hart. So it's freeing so, in a way. Yeah. So yeah. maybe. No, but I mean, I'm I'm just trying to brainstorm criticisms here. The truth is, your Twitter's great. I mean, it's I have no well. complaints. It's all yeah. in English. Uh, yeah. Nice. Uh, font. Thank and you. Yeah, the font is really, really good. It's like, a, I guess, how did you do that? It's like your own style. It's your own font. Yeah. Um, so what had happened was I had logged in and, um, you know, they, there's actually font choices that you can go through. You don't know that. You yeah. have to go into settings and you actually have to go into perception and you click on that and uh, you'll see the font choices. A lot of people don't think to uh, go that deep. But uh, I did. Wow. 
You know, I, I've always saying to Mike, like, we got to bring up fonts more on the podcast because people eat that up. People love hear, hearing us all bring, talk about fonts. and Helvetica, um, Arial, Times New Roman. There's so many of them. Yeah. Wingding. Yeah. Imagine how oh, fu- fucked in the head Comic Sans. Comic yeah. Sans. If you oh, want to be silly. Comic Sans is very funny. Whenever I silly. flirt, whenever I flirt, I do a Comic Sans font because then it's kind of cheeky. Um, how effed up in the head do you have to do to, 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 to use wingdings? Can I ask? How, like, is this for Charles Manson? You guys know what I'm talking about? Wingdings? Yeah. yeah. You know, is this... Uh, it's very you know, hard to are, read. It's very hard to read, and it's also—it's almost like you don't even want to be talking to me. You've made it so hard to communicate with you. Yeah, it is a bit annoying when you're really waiting for a message from someone and they choose to to write it in wingdings, and you're like, God damn it, this is going to take very, me an hour. Here's how yeah. I think: if you talk to someone who's spoken wingdings, here's how I think they'd sound. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> and and we've just landed on a fourth character for your for your animation. Outrageous. Mr. Wingdings. Outrageous. Well, my problem with Wingdings is, you know, in order to understand it, I actually have to go through and uh, type every letter on my computer until I see it matches. So it's kind of like decoding. So yeah, James, you're right. I mean, it just takes hours yeah. to figure it out. Oh God, Alana, we're on. We're talking about your Twitter, and there's an elephant in the room. Um, down boy, not literally. Uh, yeah, 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 not not literally. But you tweeted Dumbo. on January 22nd that you got some new glasses, and the listeners can't see it, but you're wearing glasses right now. Are those the same glasses? I'm glad you brought this up. Had the guts to. Yes, these are the very same glasses. And I'm actually currently in a bet with my husband who said I could do the podcast. No need to, to check. Okay. But uh, I, uh, I'm actually in a bet. Uh, he bet me $100. I will break these before the year is done. <laughs> oh, because they're so delicate. Um, and I accepted the bet. I thought to him, uh, I have the smallest hands. I'm like a Hollywood star from the early 1900s, uh, clocking in at four feet, which means <laughs> tiny hands. I'm like one of these stars, so easy uh, to handle delicate items. He just doesn't know because he has sausage fingers. Oh, oh now this man. is an argument a lot of married couples have. Uh, like you're gonna break your uh, glasses. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of the, it's. Well, I'll tell you what, the honeymoon was over pretty quick when I had uh, originally had another pair of glasses, and we were on the honeymoon, and I was balancing the checkbooks, and uh, so I'd put the glasses on, and uh, one of the screws popped out. He said to me right then and there. You, you trap me. You, you trap me like a, as if I had a baby or something to trap him. You trap me. I thought the glasses work. They don't. Oh my God. So like you trapped me into marrying you? Yeah. Without revealing my true self. Oh, cause he thought that perhaps that he'd been tricked into marrying a, a nerd. A woman that can maintain glasses. Yeah. Right. Which is a nerdy thing to do. God. Someone cool and reckless would break them. Oh, yeah. well, see you another day. Well, Damn this it. is so an important guys... thing. Yeah. Sorry, I... Mike, go ahead. Okay, I just wanted to say, Alan, it's very brave of you to wear glasses in Los Angeles because a lot of people say, like a lot of people in the industry, Hollywood, you know, showbiz say it's wrong and it's bad 
for women to wear glasses and that you'll, you know, you'll never get anywhere with glasses because people will yell at you or throw things at you. But, you know, it's nice to see you standing up for your beliefs. I guess the hardest part is when I'm walking down the street, a lot of people approach me to fix their computers. And I, I keep saying there's some confusion. I'm not the one to yeah. fix the computer just because I have the eyewear to do so. Yeah. So the, I guess that would be the hardest time. And in terms of career, yeah, I'd say I haven't worked in two years since I got the glasses, uh, the original glasses. Do they ever ask yep. you to take off your glasses at an audition? And I wonder if they do, how do you respond? I'd sooner take off my shirt and turn those titties loose. Let me tell you, you are not going to see these raw eyes. And that's the end of that. Wow. I've never heard that point of view before of prioritizing the eyeballs over other parts of, of the body. That, the that, eyes are it, the window to the soul. The tits are the window to tits. <laughs> Imagine a movie, and now this will never happen in a million years, where a, ca- a female character with glasses takes off her shirt. <laughs> Not in a million years. <laughs> Only p- possibly Wait, in it? animation. Possibly in animation. Which, Mike, uh, you could play the shirt, the glasses, the woman. <laughs> There's no one you can't play. I agree. I wonder and- if I wonder if sort of like nerdy types, if if they're looking up sort of erotic images, it's not a woman taking her bikini off or something. It's a woman taking her glasses off. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I think for a lot of people, um, they think glasses are no big deal. But um, my gift is my curse. Right. Yeah. My gift of um, being able to physically hold glasses on my face is also my curse because then I wear the glasses on my face and it's essentially cost me a lifetime of happiness. Do you ever drop your glasses in a pot of boiling pasta or into a pan of, uh, you know, you're making some ravioli or something like that? No, but I was once making lobster and dropped it in there and I I was reaching in to grab them and then he... Clawed off one of the uh, handles that goes around my ear. So. Oh, God. Oh, my yep. God. Chop. I hate lobsters. Just lie there. And take it. Yeah. You're, you're um, done. <laughs> you're done. Just lie there in the pot and stop freaking out. Um, so you said that your your husband on your honeymoon was sort of like, oh, my God. I've been fooled. I mean, have you guys worked it out? Yeah, I uh, I got the new glasses, um, and I what I've done is I've actually taped them to my face to keep them. Uh, uh, so because the breaking happened when I took them off, right? So I've taped them to uh, my face and yeah. I've kept them there, and we've been smooth sailing um, ever since. Of course, he's never seen my breasts because the glasses do not come off, um, <laughs> and uh, my glasses uh, stick out quite a bit, so I can't actually get shirts over top of them. And that's just specific to my glasses. Yeah. Have you ever considered getting uh, laser eye surgery where they take, uh, they put a gun to your eye and they go zip, zap, and they... I don't see the appeal in having lasers come out of my eyes when I open them. I know that was big for X-Men, Cyclops. That's not for me. But if people want laser eyes, please. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with live and let live. (laughs) Yeah, live and let live and live it up. Oh, yes. Uh, It's been hard this year. You know, here we are, March 2021. Uh, COVID really kicked into high gear in North America about right about a year ago. Do they have COVID in L.A.? 
Yeah, do they? We just got it, yes. And usually we're at the forefront of new things, but uh, we only just got it, yeah. Oh, oh, well, definitely do your best to avoid it. It's It's been a real pain in the butt up here. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw, uh, some, yeah. saw some tweets about it. Uh, but didn't read them, didn't get a chance, had to come do the podcast. But I might circle back, see what it's yeah. about. Think of it as a common cold on acid. That's how we've been describing it up here. Just, okay. whoa, okay, this is a thing. Wow. And I guess people are uh, quarantining. This is something I've seen yeah, staying which in. has allowed for me to create my world-famous quarantinis. For uh, <laughs> people in my, home. I would love a recipe, Martini please. Of, you know. um, but yes, uh, it, it's been it's been hard. We've been we've been in our homes here in the Great White North, and uh, no trips to Florida or Cancun like usual in the winter. So um, not good up here. Yeah, Elena, because you've been in Los Angeles for such a long time. What street in Toronto do you miss the most? Do you ever find yourself lying back on the beach and thinking of Har- Harbord Street? I'm or, a bit uh, of a lands down girl myself because oh, I yes, thought I the land is down. Yeah, the land is down on the ground. And I <clears> thought, <throat> well, this is a street that has nothing to hide. You're right. It reminds me of the Backstreet Boys song. Get down, get down, get down. Get moving all around. But it's like, lands down, yeah. lands down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Lansdowne's a hell of a street. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, nothing's on it. All of a sudden, something's on it. You know, it's one of those mm. pop-up, a bit of a pop-up surprise street. <laughs> yes. I feel like, you know, I can't let this podcast go by without mentioning that Alana and I are actually basically from the same hometown. Orangeville! <laughs> oh! 519? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's uh, Orangeville, Ontario. Uh, did you ever, James? Did you ever tell Alana the story of of the cow? I don't know. A, if I have. It's a this recurring story on this podcast, and I'm sorry if we're telling it too much. No, but I, it's no. a it's a it's fan only favorite. three times in all these yeah. episodes. Well, Alana, I haven't heard. <laughs> well, I'll tell it to you, Alana. I uh, when I was a kid, I grew up outside of Orangeville, yeah. and uh, for a while it was kind of like a loose farm kind of vibe. And we had cows for a little bit. <laughs> and I had a job to, this is real. I had a job every day to go pour feed for the cows. And, um, I, you know, I love animals. I really do. But I was kind of like, man, I, I do think these, these cows are dumb. I have to admit it. I really do find them to be pretty dumb. And which is probably just years of being bred that way. I know it's not their fault. But anyway, one day I'm feeding the damn cows and a cow's just kind of looking at me dead-eyed, and another cow's butt is right by its head, and I'm going, all right, guys, here's your feed. And then one cow, the cow lifts its tail and just sprays diarrhea right on the other cow's face. I'm not kidding. And it didn't react. It didn't even react. Oh, my God. I'm just staring at this cow with diarrhea spraying on its face. It's not even reacting. I'm like that to me is the problem. The no reaction—that's the problem 100%. to me. Hundred percent. It's diarrhea happens, cool. but you have to have an opinion <laughs> yeah. about it and express that on your face. Yes, <laughs> like definitely not cool of the first cow to raise its tail and not take a look behind it before it sprays diarrhea. But the other cow have the self-respect to at least go, "Ugh, move your head." 
It didn't even move its head. <laughs> if you if you diarrheaed on me, yeah. it, it wouldn't be as big of a deal because I have the glasses to protect my eyes. Yeah, but I would right. at least say, watch out. <laughs> yeah. You would go, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Okay, friend. You know. I'd say, have you ever heard of excuse me? That's what I'd say. <laughs> yeah, know? exactly. Yeah. Wow, I have James, to admit that story. It, it's affected my my opinion of cows because I saw this and I thought these are like what's going on with these guys? Well, you already came in with a low opinion of cows. You already well, thought they were dumb and then now this. Well, to be honest, I mean I was kind of buried like my opinion was partially formed by that diarrhea event. I and, see. And I I mean I, I guess I was already feeling like, well, they're they're not the brightest bulbs in the ceiling <laughs> when then the diarrhea thing happened and i went okay what's going on did you clean the cow who got diarrhea no on it? no why so, so it looked good in a picture i'm not who touching did? that thing did it just you think stay i got a clorox wipe <laughs> what's that did it just stay with the diarrhea forever i have no idea i have no idea it didn't care it didn't care i, I don't know if it knew it had a body that's like a, like, um, it reminds me of the kind of scene you'd see on a show, like, you know, an old show, like Little House on the Prairie or uh, a modern movie uh, set in a barn, you know? Yeah. I like the idea <laughs> of it being a modern yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because the special see- effects you could use. <laughs> you don't see as many modern movies set in barns these days. Anyone else notice this? No. No, people associate barns with old and the elderly. Yeah. And I'm try- I've been trying to change that. I've been trying to make barns cool again, make barns hip. You know, I've been recording like hip hop videos and barns and stuff, and it's really an uphill battle. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, and it sounds like it. It really does. I'm doing a TikTok, TikTok hip hop thing in different barns across Ontario. Try to get barns going and it's fucking hard. That's interesting because I've been running the TikTok account for Tip Top, as in Taylor's. <laughs> oh, oh, I the love formal that wear people. Well, it's dancing pants. That, mm. Is it? It sounds mm. scary. Is it scary or is it fun? It's a little spooky. Yeah. Okay. It's mm. kind of like one of those fun scares where you go. <gasps> okay. Right. Oh, I love that. I, I love being scared like that. Honestly, I love being scared like that. I I don't, and I have to admit, if oh, I saw Michael. a shirt or a pair of pants dancing and no one was attached to it, I'd probably run as fast as I could to the church. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, it, absolutely. We've all been there. Oh, Has Have either of you ever seen an elephant take a dump? No. No. Mm. But I would like to. All right. I'll but, tell you what, though. I've seen a horse take a poop, and I don't know if you guys know this. So the horse is there. You go, what a beautiful creature. Look at this beautiful big animal. Lifts its tail. Then get this. This is not a lie. This is 100% true. Horse lifts its tail. I swear to God, a tube, almost like a, a an intern sock or something. A tube comes out of its ass. And then the fucking poo comes out of the tube. I'm not kidding. Google this, guys. This is real. There's a tube that comes out of a horse's ass. I don't know what it is. And poo comes out of the tube. This, I'm not joking. This sounds like you're making it up. Yeah, I'm, actually James, genuinely, I'm sure. Did it's you just, put the tube in there and it was just pooing out the tube? <laughs> People who have seen, been around horses, back me up. It's probably just the skin or something. I don't know, but it's disgusting. 
But you're literally like, is there a tube coming out of this horse's ass? So oh. do you mean do you mean tube like you know in those old offices when they'd have to get something in the mailroom and they'd put in the they'd roll it up <laughs> like and put a it pneumatic in and go, tube? <gasps> Not like that. It's kind of like it's like if you it's like if you're making a sock puppet or something. I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I'm sure it, it's clearly something inside the butt kind of coming out a bit. I mean, I, maybe this was just one weird horse, but I think I've seen it multiple times. Huh. Wow, you seem to be around when animals are uh, pooing. I've been around a lot of it, yeah. Well, you know, you grow up near Orangeville, you see stuff. I've seen a few poos. Yeah? Tell yeah. us. None Tell as tubey none as tubey as yours. <laughs> What's the weirdest poo you've ever seen, Alana? My dog's <laughs> poo, actually. It came out blonde. Well, very LA. Very Very <laughs> LA. My dog's poo got highlights. <laughs> what has the the little uh, the little fella been eating or or little a, girl? Little lady, a bone. It was this a bone. bone. Yes, it was this giant bone that was a gift for her, and she ate it, and then she threw up, and then ate that puke, and then she pooed uh, blonde for three days. Wow. Weird. And I said, "I'm the only blonde in this house, bitch." That's a dog <laughs> joke. Get your That's poo a dog in order. Joke. Get Did your you- poo in order and put it in a tube like a reasonable <laughs> dog. Alana, when you saw the blonde poo come out the first time, did you not? Did part of you want to like look up and like as if you were looking into a camera and say and shrug and go, I guess blondes do have more fun. I did have the instinct to say that there were no cameras around at the time, um, but I did have the instinct to say that because I thought she's enjoying herself. Mm-hmm. And I've got a story to tell, so I'm enjoying myself. So I guess yeah. we do have more fun. <laughs> I just want to reiterate to our listeners the tube <laughs> thing is real. Google it. I'm not kidding. Poo tube. Oh. Well, that, um, what a gross uh, way to end this episode, but it was, it was yes. very fun. <laughs> this, this flew by, Alana. What a pleasure talking to you. I mean, holy smokes, that was so fun. This was an absolute treat. I cannot think of a better way to start my day. And I just want to say, guys, you're doing God's work out here. You really are. And uh, thanks so much for that, really. Thank Thank you. you. Well, Elena, you have a podcast that is very, very fun. And I really think people should listen to it. Why don't you tell us about it? It's called Self-Esteem Party. We are at Self-Esteem Party on Instagram and Twitter, and it's the feel-good podcast of the year where we talk about what is up, what is new, how are you, who are you, and all fun things self-esteem related. (laughs) Check it out. We are launching on the Sonar Network, I'm pleased to announce, uh, March 16th, so you can find us on there. Yeah, you can find us on uh, the old Sonar. We'll uh, we'll put links to your show and your Twitter and a link to the Wikipedia article for a horse's poo tube in the show notes. <laughs> Perfect. Great. And, uh, definitely follow Alana on Twitter, as we were saying. Great follow. Well, now with these new notes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess that's it. Is that it, Mike? I think that's it. I feel like I've just eaten a great big feast and I'm, I feel full and, and wonderful. Hey, prepare your tube because that bad boy's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Alana. Thanks, Alana. Thanks, guys. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. So.